Inside a rough and ruthless newsroom, thousands of stories fight for the spotlight. Only a few survive past their 15 minutes of fame. So what makes for a good headline and what makes for a buried byline? Join us, two former TV news producers, as we dig up stories that never got the recognition or justice they deserve. This is Buried Bylines. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I will say off the top, I have some updates from two to cases. Case? Two cases that I covered previously. Okay, shit. Let's get into it. Both local to us, Indiana. So as of yesterday, and I only saw this on CBS4, Fox 59 News, uh, it was a Flora fire. Not I watched updated. that last night. You did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter officially said that the girl's mother, Galen Rose, is not considered a suspect. And that's the first time he said that plainly, yes. like before On they've the declined. Record. Yeah. Before they've been like, no comment. So because I know they're, I mean, we even discussed it, like a ton of rumors about sure. her potential involvement or like people questioning her actions so she is not considered a suspect which is kind of a big step in the case to be honest Mm -hmm. I think and then I was also reading that article a little bit more and they talked to a fire investigator I'm not sure if he's I don't think he's with the state he might just be like I don't know like a private fire investigator I don't know yeah I don't remember his title but I know what you're talking about he was like in the house a bunch of times since it's happened and he's been like digging through the rubble and stuff like that and he said he only found one smoke detector and he even dug through like the piles of debris outside to see if he could find any and they couldn't because there's that I think it's wrongful death lawsuit yeah and then it also said the fire is not caused by an electrical malfunction which I don't know if we mentioned, but that seemed yeah. weird to me. So did you watch the case or did you just read the... No, I just read the article. Okay, so I watched it last night and I have to say, I got like a little tip. I was tipped off that it was airing because mm-hmm. it's it sweeps right now. So they, you know, they do yeah, all long the form yeah. pieces <laughs> like this. And so we have lots of friends who work in this market and I got yes. like tipped off. And it was funny because I was watching it. I felt very much like it was... It's like our podcast episode. I know. It was the first part of it was split up into Doug Carter talking about how the mom's not a suspect. They asked mm-hmm. some questions and then they talk about basically what we talked about, how like the floor of fire kind of fell to the wayside when yes. the Delphi case happened. Yes. So they kind of started by talking about that and then they went into this separate piece with the fire just yeah. kind of examining kind of like the a fire. Yeah. And there were a ton of pictures from the oh, scene yeah. yes, those that I had never too. seen before. Yeah, um, from you the should fire definitely, investigator guy. Yeah, check those out because it really shows just how bad the fire was Mm -hmm. and how much damage it caused. But the one thing that I took away from that fire guy is that he said 100% without a doubt in his mind, this is an arson case. Okay. So we're having multiple people say that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so frustrating because there's so much we don't know. Uh, But yeah, go watch that. If you are interested in the case, go read the article. I think they also had a quote from Doug Carter, who we support on this podcast. Um, 
granted, May 2023, just in case <laughs> right. it's heard in Let's the future see. and something happens. <laughs> Let's timestamp it. As of this moment, Doug Carter's our dude. It was kind of eerie reading it because it was almost the same quote that I read to you on our first episode where he was like, it's unfair that we're comparing these two cases to say that we're not putting hard work into it is not true and things like that. He basically just said that again. And I feel like it's true. There are such differences in the case with the Delphi case. I think the reporter asked about in the Delphi case, you guys released audio, video, photos. And he was like, because we have it. Yeah. In the floor case, we do not have it. Yes. Or at least he, that's what they're saying. But he basically said, he was like, you can't compare the two cases because in one case, we had this terrible, they're both terrible things that happened. But in one case, it generated 50,000 tips. Mm-hmm. And the other one, we're getting no information. No information. Yeah. And we can't do anything with what we don't have, basically. Right. My second update is in the Baby Amaya case. It's not a huge update, but. But I had last seen that Amber Robertson and Robert Lyons, they were going to trial in May, which is this month, but mm-hmm. they were granted a continuance. So it's now in August. So and look for that in August. I know. And now cameras are not allowed. There was talk at some point that they were going to be allowed, but now they're not a judge ruled. You can't have cameras in the courtroom. Yeah, those are my updates. I feel like after last week's recording we both decided that we needed a little break from like the murder Mm -hmm. of it all at the end of last episode we kind of brainstormed some things that might be a little bit lighter that Mm -hmm. maybe we covered locally we both agreed that this story had to be discussed it's Mm -hmm. really really crazy and actually did make national news probably because it's quite literally the plot of a famous horror movie but i digress It happened when we were both in the newsroom, too. It did, yes. So that's fun. You know, it's always nice to talk about things that we personally covered because we can, we have firsthand accounts of things that we remember and and all of this. And I remember when this happened Mm -hmm. because I remember reading it and I was like, this is some of the craziest shit I've (laughs) ever heard in my life. I remember reading it and being like, how am I going to cut this down to 30 seconds? Yeah. (laughs) Because there's so much craziness. So with that being said, I'm going to try my best to navigate the case of Natalia Barnett, also known as the real life orphan story. Oh my God, this was crazy. For those of you who haven't seen the psychological thriller, The Orphan, basically, I'm going to give you the gist. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, but I mean, you should have seen it by now. That's what I said. I was like, I don't feel bad about spoilers because this movie came out in 2009. So you've had more than a decade to watch it. It's a very big pop culture reference. So Yes. So basically the gist of the accusations in this real life case, a lot of them fall in line with what happened in this movie. So I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of what this movie is about. So the plot of the movie centers around this couple who adopts a nine-year-old Russian girl from an orphanage. And then throughout the movie, they get like these strange examples of hostile behavior that don't really match up with things that like a nine-year-old should know. Mm -hmm. The couple starts questioning her age and her origin story. In the end, the mom discovers where she was adopted from. She was in a mental hospital in Estonia. She was like 33, not nine. She had this really rare disorder that stunted her growth and caused dwarf. Because she looked like a kid. Yeah. 
She literally <laughs> looks like a kid. Yeah, 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 this yeah, yeah. woman in the movie is evil and tries to kill her family at the end. That's yeah. what the movie's about, okay? Yeah. Again, that's the plot of the movie. We're going to get into the real-life case of Natalia Barnett. In order to do that, we need to go back to 2019. And the real reason her story initially made headlines, it had nothing to do with her alleged behavior and everything to do with her adopted parents, Kristen and Michael Barnett. So do you remember mm-hmm. when this broke? Yes. I think I was dayside still. I'm like, I don't know. I'm 99% positive I was dayside still. I don't know if all the information had come out, but there were allegations of neglect and they allegedly got her an apartment and just left her there by herself. And yeah. she's supposedly what, like 13? Well, I'm, I'm just going to say before I dive in, there's a lot of ping pong here and it's yeah. very confusing. There are confusing timelines. They basically just counteract each other. It's yeah. very much he said, she said sort of thing. Yeah. In 2019, Kristen and Michael Barnett, in 2019 when they were charged, they were already divorced. Okay, gotcha. But, but they were married at one point when they They were married at one point, child. but in 2019, they were both charged with neglect and accused of changing their adopted daughter's age from 8 to 22. Oh, and yeah. And leaving her alone in an apartment while they moved to Canada with the rest of their family. That's, yes, that's right. Because we were like, what the fuck is this? Yes. So this initial report came from the Journal and Courier in Lafayette. And that's where a lot of my research came from because that's a local source. Obviously, the premise of that and those charges, those are some pretty salacious accusations. And you can understand why the story initially took off in the first place. Yeah. Because to adopt a child <laughs> and then change their age so that they're legally an adult and then abandon them and move out of the country that's a lot to yeah, wrap because you're like that's crazy and super neglectful yes so i'm gonna try to establish a sort of timeline to walk through mm-hmm. how we got here and eventually we'll get to their allegations that the parents had and them defending and justifying their actions according to a probable cause affidavit natalia told police officers in tippecanoe county which is where lafayette is that she came to the united states from the ukraine in 2008 as part of an adoption program. She said she has a form of dwarfism called diastrophic dysplasia. The disorder is known for causing skeletal abnormalities on occasion. For instance, Natalia has scoliosis. She Mm -hmm. has scoliosis. So that came from her condition. Sometimes it can affect your vision and your hearing. In 2010, the Barnetts adopted Natalia. According to the Journal and Courier, the family lived in Hamilton County at the time of the adoption, which is just northeast of Indianapolis. So living in the home was mom and dad, Michael and Kristen, Mm -hmm. their three sons, and Natalia. Shortly after bringing Natalia home, the mom, Christine, started having doubts about the girl's age. She began suspecting Natalia was older than what the adoption agency had told them. Very much like the movie. Very much like the movie at this point. So that same year, in 2010, the couple brought Natalia to Peyton Manning Children's Hospital to have her age examined. That doctor approximated Natalia to be eight years old. She was supposed to be six when they adopted her, and then they said she was eight. So not much of an age difference. 
Also, how do you tell age? Is it, like, bones? Yeah, well, that's what I... I don't really know what that initial examination entailed, but the family was not sold on that, and so they later did take her in for a skeletal survey or, like, a bone test. And according to the Herald, those results suggested Natalia was at least 14 years old. Okay. So So that's a minor. (laughs) A bit of an age discrepancy, but still a minor. The Barnett's claim that they accepted those results, but in turn, they changed the way that they were treating Natalia. So before they were treating her like a young girl who they assumed was in grade school, but now they have a teenager on their hands, so they wanted to treat her like so. According to the Barnett's, it did not take long for things to start going downhill. They claimed Natalia started making death threats against them and their family. Christine said in an article, quote, she was standing over people in the middle of the night and we had to hide all the sharp objects in the home. Oh, I don't like that. Again, very much orphan. The Barnett's then checked Natalia into a psychiatric hospital for treatment, and that's where she told doctors that she was much older and wanted to kill the family. Well, this is according to them, right? Yeah. Gotcha. So how did we get from all of these accusations to fleeing the country and leaving Natalia behind? I hope you walk me through it because I have no freaking clue. My God, I'm going to do my best. So (laughs) court records show in 2012, the Barnett's legally changed Natalia's age from 8 to 22. They were able to get a judge's approval based on those bone scans and some other health factors, like the fact that Natalia, who was supposed to be eight, already had pubic hair. Okay, but that's teens. She was eight. No, I know, but they went from eight to 22. Yes. And the last thing we heard was 14. Mm, Yes. So Christine claims she found clothing of Natalia's that indicated she had already had a menstrual cycle. Yeah. Other adults around the family, like their pastor, went on the record saying they believe Natalia was older and that she had the vocabulary of an adult. So all of that, they got a doctor to sign off. And in 2012, the Marion County Superior Court in Indianapolis agreed to change Natalia's birth year from 2003 to 1989. Hmm. So today that would mean she's either 20 or she's 34. Right. I'm just wondering how they got to 22. I have a little bit of an indication later on, but it's, okay. it's very confusing. Like, I couldn't no, I remember tell that. you like, how they got there. Yeah, we were like, I just remember every time we would run a script on on this we were like okay how old is she like are we just gonna agree on an yes. age and run it all together or what <laughs> and then that makes scripts longer because you right. have to provide the context of like she was eight and then she was 13 and now she's 22 but she says she's younger so yeah, yeah. and here's yeah. what she says and here's what they right. say and yeah whatever <laughs> after legally changing her age the Barnett's claimed to have helped get her medical benefits so she could continue her psychiatric care and then in 2000 2013, they set her up in an apartment in Lafayette. They even paid the rent for a year. Okay. The Barnetts said they determined Natalia was living independently, so they picked up their kids and moved to Canada. Okay. According to the Herald, within a month of the move, the Barnetts 
lost touch with Natalia. But in 2014, that year's worth of rent ran out and right. Natalia was evicted. Yep. She told police she was a young teen who had been left to live alone by her adopted parents. And that's when the case started building against the Barnetts for the charges of neglect. Investigators around the same time uncovered a second bone test performed in 2010, which determined that Natalia was indeed a young girl and only eight years old. That's so confusing. Like, I don't know. I feel like whatever abnormality she was born with could impact those tests if the doctors don't know about it. You know, I feel like a number of factors can skew the tests. And also maybe she has the IQ of a young girl because they were treating her that way and regressing her. So if she already had mental issues, like she would not care for herself. I don't, it's so messy. So messy. There's a lot to unpack here. And uh-huh. <laughs> even more interviews to dive into because once this story took off, there was no containing it. It was everywhere. Because either way you look at it, it's crazy. Either the parents are right and they're saying that this little girl is actually a woman. Like scamming has, them. <laughs> yeah, it was scamming them and threatening to kill them. Or you have a young girl with a disease who has a disability against her mm-hmm. body and claims to have been adopted and abandoned. Yeah. Either, either way, way it's crazy. <laughs> bad. <laughs> It's not good. Everyone wanted a piece of this story, and the interviews started rolling in from the Daily Mail to the Dr. Oz show to Dr. Phil. And with all the finger pointing and different allegations and doctor's appointments and medical procedures, it gets really murky. So, again, I'm going to try to walk through some of these things said in the national interviews and try to explain the different accounts of what everyone says happened. And it's also hard because we're going through different time periods because Uh (laughs) this stuff happened in like the early 2010s but and now we're talking about it and they're doing interviews yeah but it's like the case brought up in 2019 so in late October of 2019 about a month after the story broke Michael Barnett and his attorney appeared on the Dr. Oz show in that TV interview he said he believes Natalia is an adult posing as a child and that the entire adoption was a scam. He said, quote, there was a level of manipulation, con artistry, danger, and attempted murder. Michael said he read Natalia's diary, and in it she wrote detailed accounts about wanting to kill her adopted parents and siblings, even including how she would do it and where she would put their bodies. Where's this diary? That's what I want to know. Okay. Okay? <laughs> Show me the receipt. Michael told Dr. Oz that not only was Natalia writing these things down, but that she admitted them out loud to doctors and psychologists while receiving mental health treatment. Which would be on the record somewhere. I have not personally seen it. Mm-mm. I mean, I'm sure it, it might have gotten brought up in court later down the road, but the whole court thing was even messier, so. Yep. I digress. Christine Barnett provided even more details in her exclusive interview with the Daily Mail. She said Natalia was hiding knives in their couches, put chemicals in their coffee, pushed her onto an electric fence, and would openly say she was waiting for the right time to kill Christine and the other children in the house. That's crazy. Like, that's I mean, just if wild. She was, if she was a murderer, she wasn't a good one because she told them. Right, she just she, told them what she was going to do. like, I'm just waiting for the right time to murder I you. I just put chemicals in your coffee, so drink it. <laughs> 
See that electric fence over there? No, over there. Push. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A few weeks later, Natalia appeared on the Dr. Phil show where she denied all of the allegations against her. And I watched the entire interview (laughs) so you don't have to. (laughs) Yay. I mean, I remember us talking about it in the newsroom because it was the first time that we had heard her side. It was a big deal. Until then, yeah, it had just been the Barnett saying, oh, this happened, this happened. Yes. So yeah, it was and the first time she appeared even, publicly. It was really hard to cover because I I remembered while reading articles from the Journal and Courier that they didn't report her name until yeah. the Dr. Phil article came out <gasps> because I remember that they were going back and forth between is she a minor is she not a right. minor should we say her name should we show her picture etc <gasps> etc et oh yeah I do remember because then yeah we just had to call her like the girl <laughs> yeah at some points in the Dr. Phil interview it seemed like he was on her side at other points it seemed like he didn't necessarily believe all of her claims Mm -hmm. Not that we really give a shit what Dr. Phil thinks. I'm just saying it was interesting to watch the interview and it triggered some things in my brain as a viewer. Like I started thinking about things. So at the time of this interview in 2019, Natalia claims she's 16 years old. She said she was only a child when the Barnetts left her in the apartment. She appears in the interview alongside Cynthia and Antoine Manns, a family that had since taken her in. Okay. Dr. Phil asked Natalia a lot of questions about her life in Ukraine before she came to the U.S. at age six. He also asked her questions about the families she was with before the Barnetts and she answered a lot of I don't knows and I don't remembers yeah which isn't to say that that that's not true right it just felt convenient right because you don't know if there was trauma that she's her mind's protecting herself from or she's lying we don't know exactly we have no idea so she said when she got to the Barnett's she felt comfortable and she felt loved and they were going to be the right family for her she really thought that this was going to be her fit but she said that Christine did start questioning her age shortly after she got to their house because she had some sort of surgery shortly after her adoption and she said that's around the time that Christine started questioning her age. Interesting. Some sort of surgery. Yeah. So when it comes to the debate over Natalia's age and the context clues of her menstrual cycle Natalia said Christine never brought those concerns up to her or questioned her about it. And the mans, the family that supported Natalia's claims they said that she had been living with them for nearly seven years at this point and that she had still not received her period That's which so like odd. it's all very odd but that doesn't really surprise me because I right, feel with like her medical there, issues with yeah. her medical issues there's a lot of things that could happen so that's true not to get too graphic but Natalia claims Christine made her use a tampon and then after that she started spotting like she had some blood and the man's said the blood likely came from her being forced to use the tampon kind of insinuating that maybe her hymen broke when she used it used the tampon for the first time yeah yeah so and even I will say (laughs) of all the things that was probably the most compelling to me because even 
in that moment, she was like, I don't know why I would have been like bleeding. And the the other lady, she was like, well. Yeah, that's true. But she could be a really good actress. We don't know. I know nothing, honestly. I know nothing I really don't know how to feel about any of this. But I know. When it came to all the claims from Michael and Christine about the violent tendencies and threats to, you know, kill them, Natalia said she never stood over anyone's bed with a knife. (laughs) I would say that, too. (laughs) Strong claims. And for the other things, it seemed like she had a story for everything. So, like, with the coffee situation she said that she was cleaning the counters with pine salt and she had gotten near christine's coffee cup and she moved the cup and christine came into the kitchen and accused her of trying the pine salt yeah trying to poison her but she said that there was never anything other than coffee in her cup (sighs) the electric fence thing (laughs) I'm not gonna lie okay so apparently the family had taken a trip to a farm for one of the boys yeah for (laughs) one of the like younger boys birthdays and Natalia said that she was struggling to walk on the trail and that she had fallen and Christine kind of came over to her and was like you need to get up come on it'll be okay I'll walk with you and so she was like walking with her and then Natalia fell again and Christine like went down with her Mm. and according to her they were just near the electric fence but never came in contact why are they so close to you Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think really you die. Like Christine to elaborate on her idea of what being pushed into an electric fence is because, right. like, were you shocked literally, literally. by the current or? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't kill you, I don't think. No, I don't think so. That's wild. The man family, which are man, the man's family. Which their last name is just, it's it's like. Every time you say it, I keep thinking you're saying like this man's. I know. And (laughs) I feel like this always happens in cases where things are confusing. And then there's just like a confusing name that makes it even harder. But this family that took Natalia in, they explained kind of how they met her so she was hanging out on a neighbor's porch and she was telling people that she was 22 which she claims is something christine told her to do so like when they dropped her off put her in this apartment she was like you're gonna tell everyone you're 22 and yeah and so she had told these neighbors that she was 22 but the neighbors didn't believe her and she was like no i live by myself i have an apartment and she showed them her apartment and after that the family invited her to come over to their house yeah because that was my question one how was she getting food yeah and well i'll get there okay (laughs) yeah they came over they kind of like determined that her living situation was kind of sad so Mm -hmm. they invited her over to their house they say once natalia came over she bonded with their kids and she basically never left she started Mm -hmm. living with them yeah and that happens to a lot of kids yeah dr phil questioned natalia about living alone at the age of eight or nine which is the age she claims to have been when right the barnatch dropped her off he said i don't know 
you could kind of tell that he didn't believe that part of the story. Yeah. That a young kid would be able to live by themselves, take care of themselves, feed themselves. Yeah. yeah, For a year. Especially because Natalia said she didn't go grocery shopping. She said the landlord would take her to the gas station and she would pick up food and snacks there. And then she said the Burnett's left her with some canned food, non-perishable foods. It's, it's, it's not, very weird. Not what I thought out. I don't believe it. The, like, no, if the Burnett's left her there giving her a couple canned goods, not a good plan for sustainability. Her rent was paid for, but nothing else was, right. she didn't have food, money, she didn't have a job. Laundry. Yes. What about this new family that she's living with? I don't want to say it's strange, but it's definitely interesting. The man say that Natalia has acted completely normal for her age of the time that she lived with them. So let's just say that's nine to 16 and that she hasn't shown any psychotic behavior. They believe that the Barnetts didn't want to deal with the medical costs tied to Natalia and her health conditions, which would require surgeries, medicine and equipment like a walker or a wheelchair Mm -hmm. that's a good point the man said christine called them after finding out natalia was living with them and urged them to take her to a mental institution and get reevaluated. she also told the family not to believe anything natalia says calling her a liar it doesn't seem like they followed up on any of christine's advice or concerns if she is lying it is convenient that this family just shows up and is taking care of her because maybe they were like oh this story is big and I want a piece of that so I can see both sides I could see literally anything at this point because it's It's so crazy to bookend this Dr. Phil charade haha which is funny because Natalia ended the interview by asking the Barnett's to give up on their quote charade that's probably why I said it it was like at top of mind but she believed that they should go to jail for what they did to her which if it's true they should yes big if i you know i feel like i would love to be on a jury but no, i would never I would lose my be mind on a fucking jury like this no, like how do you convict like it's just so i don't know but two interesting things the doctorville episode included first was that production interviewed another couple who had intentions of adopting natalia and the couple both had dwarfism okay and they showed documents which showed Natalia's year of birth was 2003 and they called the claims of her being older ridiculous. That's from two people who have a similar diagnosis right. as her. But why didn't they adopt her slash? Where is that Maybe they record? couldn't afford it. They showed That's it true. on the screen. They said Interesting. that. Yeah. Ugh. Second, at the end of the interview, Dr. Phil showed a clip from the Daily Mail. They claimed to have tracked down Natalia's birth mother in the Ukraine and done an interview with her. She told the Daily Mail through a translator that her daughter is 16 and was born in 2003. She said doctors in Ukraine urged her to give up Natalia for adoption when they found out about her health condition. Right. The doctors told her that Natalia would likely not be able to move and would be confined to a chair or a bed. Okay. I can tell you the journal and courier later reported that the woman was determined to be Natalia's birth mom through DNA testing. Okay. So we're not, we're going to take that for what it is. Now I'm conflicted. (laughs) I know. I think 
what makes this all so confusing is the back and forth on the age. Mm-hmm. And Natalia even said that she remembers her age changing at least three times when she was with the Barnetts. Okay. So you have her birth mother and adoption record saying she's eight. Right. But to play devil's advocate, it would leave some cause for concern if you have an alleged eight-year-old who's growing pubic hair and experiencing a period. I'd be like, this is not normal. I mean, it's not normal, but I feel like you can get your period as early as like nine. Am I, I don't know. Up? No, you're probably right. I was a late bloomer, so I... Me too. <laughs> not to get too personal on our true crime That's podcast. all right. <laughs> We've talked about hymens, and now we're talking about when we started menstruating. It's great. All the guys have dipped out at this point. If we have any guy listeners. That's true. Google NHS. This says most girls start their periods when they're about 12, but they can start as early as eight. Interesting. So, I never not knew saying, no bitch that got her period at eight. No, I don't know anyone that started at eight, but it can happen. It's not impossible. And with all of her, the stuff going on in her body. Yeah. Because both could believe they're right, technically. That's that's the thing, too. That's an I, option. I genuinely believe that the Barnetts think that they're right. I don't know, nor do I want to determine what Natalia is thinking or, like, right. has done. Yeah, and I don't know if they're being delusional and making themselves believe it or not. So the Barnett's had all this medical testing done and Dr. Phil actually did a pretty good job of smoothing out the timeline Mm -hmm. and outcomes of those. So You mean Dr. Phil's producer? Yeah, probably. (laughs) No, you're probably right. I'm not going to give him any credit. No. 2010, the Children's Hospital says Natalia is eight and not six. Yes. And that's like a reputable place. Like, that's one of the top children's hospitals in Indiana. Yes. In 2012, a bone density test showed that she was closer to 11 than eight. But so still time, a child. <laughs> yeah, she was not supposed to be eight. In 2012, the Barnett family doctor said that her bones and teeth proved that she was 14, not eight. But if she had a bone issue, does that screw the tests? This family said that they took Natalia for a bone test in Michigan, which determined she was 14 at the time of the bone scan, not 22. So still a minor. (laughs) Yeah, but then it does like all of this doesn't really even fucking matter because the doctors said that due to her disease, they can't determine her. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, I just screamed because no, I felt crazy. I was that's like, what I'm saying is like all of this to say that normally bones would be an indicator. That's like the true science. It's DNA and bone. That's what's going to give you all of your answers. Yeah, but, but if you have a bone abnormality or something. And they said, they also said something about like her growth plates weren't right. like. Very sciencey. We We majored in journalism. None Thank of it you. makes sense. In December of 2019, separate trials were set for Michael and Christine Barnett. This was after a judge accepted additional charges for the couple related to the case. So now they were each facing charges for neglect of a dependent and neglect causing bodily injury. Those additional charges were based on a doctor's claim that Natalia's condition worsened due to the lack of medical attention and like surgeries that she needed that she wasn't getting. The judge said that they accepted those additional 
additional charges, stating, quote, it looks like this case is going to have medical testimony anyway. You can't not. Throw that shit in there, too. (laughs) With all the charges, the Barnetts faced anywhere from 6 to 20 years in prison if they were found guilty guilty. Damn. Michael's case was set for June of 2020. Christine's case was set for the following month. This appears to be the only fucking case that made its way through the court system in 2020. (laughs) For COVID. I was like, oh, and it got pushback no no it was fucking crazy so they were like we're trying this that's what i assumed that there would naturally and i'm sure naturally there were some delays due to covid it was set for june in august of 2020 the court ruled that natalia barnett was an adult so basically because the barnett's petitioned the court to have natalia's age legally changed from 8 to 22 and the judge accepted natalia was legally an adult when the barnett's moved to canada that's a loophole if i've ever heard of one in the neglect charges natalia is referred to as a minor but in the eyes of the court she was an adult at the time i don't so those charges involving her age no longer hold any weight. So in September of 2020, those charges were officially dismissed and the prosecution did appeal. But the following August in 2021, the appeals court upheld the dismissal of the neglect charges based on Natalia's legal age. But they were still facing neglect charges, right? Yes. So what the court could move forward with were the charges related to her medical condition. Right, because she would still, well, I don't know if she would still be a dependent at that point, but if she can't care for herself, she would be a dependent. I definitely think so. Yeah. So at the same time, the Indiana Attorney General decided to get involved. They petitioned to have the case re-examined by a higher court. The petition claimed that while the Marion County Court declared Natalia to be 22, the Barnetts had access to medical evidence stating otherwise. Very interesting, but it didn't matter because in January of 2022, the Indiana Supreme Court upheld the initial decision to dismiss the charges. From what I gathered, it was basically because a judge... Right, it's a legal, like, loophole. (laughs) Yes, because the judge accepted her age change, that is the law. That's crazy. Her age is 22. Because that's just one dude or woman, but probably a dude because we're in Indiana. One person determines your age. They're not a doctor. And I will get to why that is so fucked up and that is actually the most upsetting part of all of this. Yes, it's so scary. In September of 2022, Michael was still awaiting trial on the neglect charges concerning Natalia's medical conditions. There was a lot of attention back on the case because that August, the court determined Michael had violated a gag order on the case. I wasn't initially going to talk about this gag order because it was kind of dumb. I do remember it, though. I do remember there was a gag order. Basically, what happened was this case, because it took off so fast and everyone was so willing to talk, they had done these interviews and recorded them. So the Oz show, the Dr. Phil show, those were all pre-recorded interviews. And the gag order came out after those interviews were done. So So they were already airing at that point. Yes, this gag order came out where they couldn't talk about the case, but that didn't apply to the interviews that they had already recorded before the gag order went into. But the gag order came back up, which also, can we 
start, I hate the get the term gag, gag order. Gag order. But Gaggy. it came back up because Michael sold his life story to Hulu. Okay. <laughs> for a docu-series that they planned to make about the entire situation. That would violate the gag order for sure. <laughs> yes. The trial and sh- shut the fuck up order. I like that. I think we should rebrand it. The shut so. the fuck up. TM. The STFU order. The STFU order legally. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. Okay. Okay. So the trial ended up being pushed back to late October of 2022 when a jury found Michael Barnett not guilty on all counts. That includes neglect causing bodily injury, neglect causing serious bodily injury, and conspiring with Christine Barnett to neglect Natalia. The jurors only deliberated for about two hours. Michael Barnett was described as quietly sobbing when the verdict was read. I'm going to tell you why he was so quickly found not guilty. Yeah, I was like, that's quick for the amount of mess that this case is. Well, then I go on to read that the entire trial, Natalia was painted as an adult. So the jury never heard that the Barnetts (gasps) adopted her when she was allegedly seven. They never heard that the Barnetts believed she was older and legally had her age changed. (gasps) The defense said Natalia wanted to move out of the Barnetts home and that she was legally old enough to make that decision. And the conclusion that I came to was that I don't think the prosecution was allowed to talk about the details and discrepancies in Natalia's age due to that Supreme Court ruling. That's crazy. Yes. Oh my God. Well, then I can see how it'd be very quick because the that nugget yes because all of the things all of the other charges involving her age were dropped right because they can't talk about age isn't a factor anymore then yes sitting here knowing all we know about the case it seems crazy yes but but knowing that Yes, knowing that, it's like, okay, well, I mean, there really was, without those details, there's no basis for... I would hate to be the prosecution because you know all of this background and you can't say a goddamn word. And I don't know how anyone could be a defense attorney because they were heart they were like well natalia has this medical condition and blah blah blah, and she's an adult and that was the case that those were the cards she was dealt in life yeah oh my god yeah (laughs) i don't know you have to be i know some kind of person to be a defense attorney i think so wthr spoke with michael a few weeks after he was acquitted he didn't reveal much other than he was happy to be freed from the situation and that he was using the money from his hulu deal to pay off the year's worth of legal fees i thought that was funny i was like okay. i'm surprised that they let the hulu deal go through yeah with the gag order or whatever the entire thing came to a close this past march that's when the additional neglect case against christine was dismissed i think yeah if they weren't gonna get it out of michael they just were like this is not And if you can't say all of the background information, then, like, what do you have? You don't have a case. 
Yes. And especially because, so Michael was found not guilty of conspiring with Christine. And I think that that made it so that he didn't have to testify against her. And okay. if he wasn't testifying against her, they really didn't have anything really more no than they had yeah. against him. Wow. I think regardless of what you think the truth is in this case, the biggest problem here lies within the court system. Yes. The Journal and Courier reported that the Marion County Court changed Natalia's age without a hearing and without appointing Natalia an attorney to represent her interest. That's illegal! <laughs> the Barnetts never came to court either to fight for their case. They just submitted a letter from a doctor who offered an opinion that Natalia was significantly over the age of 18. Despite the previous doctor saying she was not. That's all it took for them to legally get her That's age changed. Scary. So if scary. someone can change your age on your behalf and you're not even represented or notified, that's dangerous. Yeah. Oh my God. Especially because before this was before the precedent was set. So technically she was a minor. Right. Oh my God. Ugh. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's basically it. I don't know if you have yeah, any. Yeah, I can't really move forward. <laughs> like, no, I mean, that's, they're kind of stuck in this like purgatory of like well, they can't. She could still be charged technically. He can. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like a civil suit came up oh, soon right, here for sure. after for that's true for money but yeah do you have any other things that you like remember covering this i just remember we were like this is literally the orphan movie it, like at first before yeah. it got all convoluted and stuff because could you believe how do you tell who's more credible and who's not i can see both sides I will say, I feel like I'm leaning towards, she probably wasn't eight years old, but she also probably wasn't an adult. I truly don't know what to believe because there are things from them that I do believe. Yeah. And there are things from her that I do believe. Right. Whew. Well, That's a doozy. You're interested and want to hear more about the case and see new interviews. A docu-series called The Curious Case of Natalia Grace debuts Monday, May 29th on ID. It will air across three consecutive nights from 9 to 11 p.m. I haven't seen a timeline for the Hulu piece, but according to an article from Deadline in August of late last year, Ellen Pompeo signed on to star in the docuseries also signed on to executive produce okay oh my god so i feel like probably sometime next year mm -hmm. that will come out that's but... wild and then the docuseries comes out next week for us yes i feel yeah. like every case we do has something that's like coming up <laughs> I know. And I was like, I mean, I, I feel like it goes without saying why this case blew up. We talked about yeah. it a little bit, just about how crazy it, uh, all of it is. There's not a single part of it that's not crazy. Yeah. And it, just it, how closely it follows the freaking movie. Like, it's crazy. I mean, it's not like she goes on to kill the family or whatever. And, like, no, she's a possessed, the, like, demon. But, like... The movie came out in 2009. And this all happened 2010, 11, 12, oof. 13. So, it happened after the movie came out. Maybe they saw it. Maybe? And it put some... Not saying that they don't think it's true, but maybe it put some things in their oh, yeah, head like, oh what if this is what if this is happening to us 
They were like, well, we don't believe her age. Right. And then, like, oh, wow. kind of went that down a rabbit hole. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Know. But, I mean, you have her mom saying she was eight, and then you have other doctors saying she was eight, 14, still a minor. It could be true she wasn't eight, but it could be true she was, like, 10. So she would still be a child when you left her in an apartment by herself, allegedly. Allegedly, yes. So there's your batshit case of the week at least I'm not sad at the end of this nope I don't have to say that I'm just very confused in a rabbit hole of conspiracy theories good job I know that was probably hard to put together what are you doing cat can you hear him purring what is this ASMR now yeah you said we wouldn't do that in the radio interview no we're not gonna do that (laughs) <laughs> I have an STFU order for your cat. <laughs> He's going to stand over my bed with a knife one day. <laughs> All right. We need to go. <laughs> I know. So before we get to the sources, just wanted to say thank you guys for supporting us so far. I know we've had a couple of you reach out saying you really like the podcast. We've had some suggestions. I think I'm going to do one for my next case. And if you haven't, make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. If you would be so kind, if you want to leave a review, that'd be great too. We'll take any and all compliments. If you're negative, we're going to put an STFU order on you. So just be prepared for that legal action if you try to come for us. As former journalists, we want to give credit where credit is due for this episode. I got my information from the Journal and Courier, the Herald Times, the Indianapolis Star, WTHR, NBC News, People Magazine, the Dr. Phil Show, the Dr. Oz Show, the Daily Mail, the Insider, and Deadline News. You can find a complete list of our sources in the show notes. Please make sure you check them out. Bye! Don't be an orphan. I'm just kidding. People have no control over I'm their just orbits. Kidding. I'm just kidding. You're going to get us canceled. <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of. Oh, gosh. That's funny.